Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Out to center ice to Pumminville. Pumminville into Ottawa territory. Pumminville goes around Alfredson, cuts in front, scores! Jason Pumminville, short-handed. Oh, now do you believe? Now do you believe? These guys are good, scary good, and they are going to either Carolina or New Jersey. The Buffalo Sabres knock off the Senators in Another of the great calls by Rick Jenneret. And anyone who was following the team at that time knows exactly where they were when they heard that call. And we just saw video evidence of where this man was in that moment, and that was celebrating behind the bench. He is Lindy Ruff, who is the current coach of the Devils. But if you didn't know... The Sabres have played more than 4,000 games in franchise history, and this guest has been a part of almost half of them as a player or a coach. Lindy, thank you for joining us today as we reflect and remember Rick Jenneret. No, you're, you're welcome. Uh, you know, just thinking of Rick, I, obviously this morning, the, one of the first memories, it's crazy you played that video, but that it was one of the first memories I thought of, and I, I can remember the end of that call being to the, the population of Palmonville is going up or whatever the, the end of that call was, but um, he just had an incredible knack for, for, for nailing any call, any goal, any win um, an, an incredible voice of the game. Lindy, you probably don't know that, but my ringtone on my cell phone was the Mayday call for a long time. And at Christmas, it would change for the La 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 Fontaine. And we were actually in Ottawa in that playoff series during a team meeting. And my phone started to ring in my pocket. And it's like, Mayday, Mayday, Mayday. And I'm like, I'm hiding it. I'm trying to cover it so you don't hear it so I don't get in trouble. Because it was a rig generate call, would I have gotten in trouble if you had heard my phone ringing? Marty, you were always in trouble. <laughs> That's <laughs> and Marty, true too. And, and Marty, your phone was always ringing, so <laughs> you were you would have been constantly in trouble. But no, I don't think so. I mean, looking back on on you know Rick and uh, you know he's touched so many people from players to coaches to fans, uh, just to his friends. Uh, incredible human being. What was it like as a kid, as a player, getting to know him, and then how was that relationship? Uh, in any way different if it was as you became coach and all the years you spent behind the bench? Well, I can tell you one thing, you, you know, as a player, uh, you, you don't, I don't think you'd get to experience experience it as much as a coach because we're watching video, we're watching the game and often coaches turn the volume down uh, or turn the volume off uh, when they're, when they're watching a game. I always turn mine up. Because I, I loved listening to Rick, I loved listening to the calls. Uh, I loved his description of the game. I mean, the goals were incredible. Uh, you know, I would listen to some of the goals two or three times, and sometimes the coaches would we'd all listen to, to them together. So, uh, the experience as a coach was so much greater than uh, that as a player. What was he like on the plane? Because he sat up front with the coaches, right? So for all these trips, like after games, you would sit down and you'd be angry about a loss or you'd be happy about a win. And RJ would just be sitting there. Like, what was he like on the plane and getting to talk to him after games or traveling to California for five hours and 
guys playing cards and all of that. You know, I think when you when you remember Rick, he was he was stable. You know, he was there wasn't uh, he didn't get emotionally you know involved in the you know how coaches do with wins and losses and slamming the computer and throwing stuff around and complaining about everything. Rick was kind of the voice of reason up there. And if, if you wanted somebody to talk to, you, you know, you talk to Rick and Rick always had something good to say about the game. And we might've lost, but he could bring up uh, some of the great points of the game. And, and, and often you started to feel pretty good about the game. And then even there was times you thought, you know, maybe we should have won the game. Uh, uh, just Rick's viewpoint. A lot of times was, uh, a sense of reason. That's amazing. What what could you share about RJ uh, that that many people wouldn't know? Oh boy, uh, I I don't know if there's anything. I I think everybody almost knows everything about him. Um, it, just such an incredible uh, person, kind, um, diligent on his job. I, I mean, obviously. Uh, RJ knew the game incredible. Uh, he knew it even in these later years was still so sharp with calling the game uh, and how he called it. And uh, so I don't believe there's anything I have that people haven't experienced or, or know about Rick that, that I know, uh, because I think he shared everything with everybody. When you would go on the road and you would see, or even at home when other teams would come in, I was always impressed and shocked at how many people wanted to go see Rick Generous, the other team's broadcaster, the other team's uh, newspaper reporter, the other team's coaches wanted to go and say hi to RJ. Did you find that a little bit like, hey, I'm here too. Like, you guys want to talk to me? Like, I'm the coach. Like, they all want to gather around RJ. Was that something that stood out? You know, I think he just, he was such a likable guy, Marty, that... yeah. Uh, everybody liked, everybody knows one or two of Rick's calls. I mean, you've probably laid out a couple of the most famous, the May Day probably might be the most famous uh, call. And then the la la la. And, the, you know, he would do that long drawn off Stu Barnes call. And, you know, you just get, you know, top shelf for mama hides. I mean, there's just a list of calls. And I think if you asked a coach around the league, I, I think they've almost heard all of Rick's calls. And I think they appreciate uh, the value he put, you know, he put behind those calls and 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 the thought and, and how timely some of those calls, some of those calls were. And I think that, you know, he's one of few guys that, that added a lot to the game just by the way he called the game. Uh, he did an incredible job with that. Are there any calls of your goals that are special to you? <laughs> That would be, oh, my God, he scored. <laughs> uh, you know what? Um, I don't know. I, I think Rick was calling the game when um, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm going back a lot of years now, probably to like 80, 85, 86, when I had the four-goal game against Quebec. Uh. I'm not sure if Rick called that game or not. Um but there was often a long time in between goals when Rick was calling goals that I scored. So, uh, uh, no, there was, I, I don't think it was, uh, uh, anything that really stands out, but, uh, you know, the call, I, I, I think the, the ones we've mentioned are the ones that are so special. 
And you yeah. mentioned and you mentioned Stu Barnes. He's coming up uh, next yeah. on the show here. So that was a, a per- see Western boys stick together. You promote one another. <laughs> <laughs> I would well, never I, do that. I would never stick to all the Quebec guys. That's not what I would do. Right. <laughs> I, not on the air anyway. Uh, when uh, I talked about how when we had the brawl with Ottawa and if you listen to RJ's call, it looks like I'm in a, a really close fight with Ray Emery. And if you listen to the Ottawa call, it looks like I'm getting beaten to shred. Um, I think of your, like, with Billy Smith, right, going back at him and how excitable, like, RJ must have been in that moment. Did you guys talk about it, like, on the bench? Because I know we did as players. We talked about, oh, that must have been a great call by RJ. But did you guys talk about it in the locker room or on the bench? Uh, you know what? I, I don't believe we did. Um when you when you think about that whole Ottawa situation and, and the heat of the moment and and you just I mean you just kind of played off the the heels of what I mentioned about sitting on the airplane with RJ and you know when you lose a game and by the time you're done you you thought maybe we should if you're talking to him you thought you maybe should have won the game because he brought up a lot of positives and and his spin on it was a pretty good fight you had with Amory and and the other spin on it was probably a little bit more accurate Marty as I remember <laughs> yes because you know I think Andrew had to come to your rescue at the end uh but RJ had a had a great way of I wouldn't say favoring the home team but he he always could put it where the the home player or his team you know had a shot or it was a good shot or there was something positive um and I think maybe that what uh, he brought up was positive in that fight you had was that the the fact you didn't uh, you actually didn't get demolished you you hung in there. <laughs> I lay down quickly. That's why you couldn't beat me if I was laying on the ice. But uh, <laughs> um, you know, I think and, and and the urban legend that he was. I know my kid dressed up as RJ for Halloween. Like it, there's no other broadcaster on the the National Hockey League that would be a Halloween costume for somebody or that people would. Howard Simon put out a tweet saying raise your hand if you played street hockey and you would shoot the ball and and make an RJ famous call right I mean there's there's you've been around the league you as a player and a coach uh, there's nobody as a broadcaster anywhere no you know and I think it's it I think what Howard Simon just said is, is so true he's touched uh he's touched so many people and some of those calls will they'll be there 50 years from now mm-hmm. um even I can just reference this year, you know, when a shot goes top corner, you, automatically you think, you know, top corner, uh, top corner where, where mama hides the cookies. And uh, so street hockey, whether you're street hockey, basement hockey, um, if you're around Buffalo and you've listened to RJ and you've listened to his calls, you're trying to imitate a lot of his calls. And and the one thing I, I think people cannot do is is replicate what he did. I mean, our calls of what RJ was thinking are good. His calls were incredible. Last one, Lindy. Um, and I know you were asked about RJ in advance of his night where his banner went up. But from afar, did you have a chance to witness much of that ceremony, either after the fact? And, and just I'm just curious what that night meant for you given how many games you have spent with this organization and how you felt when you saw that RJ banner go up. Yeah. What a, you know, I watched it, uh, the post post ceremony and, uh, 
what an incredible night. I don't know if there's a, you know, another guy that'll ever be in an organization that can touch as many people, as many players, as many fans, uh, coaches. And and when I'm talking fans, I'm not just talking Sabre fans, but I'm, I'm talking just hockey fans that uh, he's been able to touch uh, from other teams to other countries. Uh, I think that uh, RJ was an incredible gift to the game. Wow. I don't think you can put it more succinctly than that. Lindy, thank you. It's always great to see you. And um, and I know even in this toughest moment for for Buffalo right now, um, people find great comfort in hearing your voice and your words about the great Rick Jenneret. Thank you. Well, I love being on with you guys. Thanks for having me. Lindy Ruff, Sabres legend, quite frankly, based on everything that um, that he gave to this city as a player and as a coach, and this day is about remembering. And we may think, Marty, as we sit here, that we know a lot about the history of this team, but uh, it is always fascinating and impactful when you hear it enhanced by those within the locker room, within the arena dynamic. Yeah, I mean, you think of the arena dynamic, you think of the team dynamic, you think of coaches and players dynamic and, uh, you know, what uh, we all got to experience uh, with RJ and with the fans. Um, and this is pretty incredible. I, I say that and and as you I've seen on the MSG side, like you and I are both wearing our turtlenecks, but I'm also wearing my suspenders. And, and the reason why I'm wearing the suspenders is because of what RJ was able to do through the community and touch so many and i talked about my son jacob being rj for halloween but i got a text this morning from my buddy froggy who i talk about all the time right about froggy the the you know he's a custom agent immigration agent he's at the rainbow bridge right now and he texted me i wore my suspenders under my uniform for rj and it made me think I'm stealing this. I got to wear my suspenders today. So Froggy, thanks for the idea. But that's that's the dynamic that RJ has on this old Buffalo, Western New York, Southern Ontario region. Well, let's transition into another RJ call, if we can, which might well help set up our next guest here as we remember RJ on Sabres Live. Losing it to Dumont. Up to center. A breakaway. Here comes You would think that almost every Sabres game in history was won in overtime. It is uncanny <laughs> how many calls we have, including the very last one that RJ ever did. And Casey Middlestadt delivered the overtime winner on home ice. Remarkable and yet unmistakable. The sound of a Stu Barnes goal when delivered by the great Rick Jenneret. Stu, thank you for being with us today. Uh, the hearts are heavy, but... Uh, they're also filled with all the great words and calls in Rick's history. How are you? Uh, I, I'm well, guys, and uh, thanks for having me. Obviously, I uh, wish it was on happier circumstances, of course. But uh, as you mentioned, I think uh, mem remembering uh, RJ and all the wonderful stories about him and calls and interactions with him, I think, is, uh, is, a, is an important thing today. Did anybody ever call a goal of yours? By just hanging on to Stu. 
burns like as long as he did like before you came to buffalo had you ever heard something like that never never marty wow. and i think uh yeah i think he uh you know he was just so unique in how he did things and his voice and everybody knew it and um i probably had you know more people just come up and say oh i heard that goal call the other night or or just in random places you know talk about when you're retired where did you play and I played in Buffalo and they say, oh, yeah, I remember that goal call or I remember that call. And everybody knew RJ's voice and that signature uh, signature sound. It was it was fantastic. What's it like as a player when, uh, you know, uh, we, we often hear about trades and the challenges of it in a moment. There's so much going on in your life. Um, what is it like when you get acclimated to a new team and you, and you do get to know the the support staff, if you will, the people that travel with the team and then getting to know someone like RJ. Well, I think for me, I think RJ kind of epitomizes uh, Buffalo. I think, you know, when, as you guys well know, um, and I've told a lot of people this, it's just such a special place. I think when you get there and, and you said it, Duffer, when you start to meet everybody around the organization and, and uh, whether it's players, staff, support staff, um, you just realize how special it is. And, and then, you know, you get to meet and get to know and interact with a guy like RJ and uh, over the years in different, uh, in different circumstances. And it just makes it special. And I think um, anybody that's played there or worked there or been around the organization knows that uh, he just made that unique and, um, and special for, you know, I keep saying that word, but it really was a, a fantastic place to be and, 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 for, and a fantastic guy to be around. So I don't mean to bring back some maybe bad memories, but it took you a while to score a goal with the Buffalo Sabres after you got traded here. Getting, uh, yeah, exactly. Like I feel bad, but I love doing it. So yeah. um, do you, did you, do you remember maybe having a little sense of urgency because you wanted to be able to hear what a rig generate call would be after you scored a goal or, or, and did you go back to listening? Because at, by that point, I think it was conference finals. So uh, yeah. it wouldn't have been on TV in Buffalo, but the radio call would have been there with RJ calling it. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty dry spell, obviously when I first got there and, <laughs> and uh, you know, fortunately as you, you know, here's the picking up the sarcasm here, Razor sat right beside me in the dressing room. So you can imagine I was getting it from him every day as well. So um but no yeah I think you know you just again when I got there right away I think you realize how special it is you know Lynn I knew Lindy obviously uh previous to getting there from prior coaching experience and he told me what a great place it was and then just getting to meet everybody and know everybody was was fantastic and then uh yes when I finally got my name called by RJ it was a special thing and I was excited to be able to do it a few more times after that yeah, just Mark. a few more times. There were some big goals to you score. So I want to point yeah. that out. I'm not all about the negative. I'm about the positive too. <laughs> yeah, Marty, allow me to pump Stu's tires here. Uh, he scored at a 30-goal pace in the playoffs as a member of the Sabres. So uh, he came around uh, at the most important times yeah. for this team in the postseason. And, uh, and we are so grateful for that. Stu, it, it is... Um, it is something looking back, you are, are just one of the many who got to wear this uniform. Um, you played more than 1100 games in the NHL. Do you think when you're going through that journey and, and you deal with the younger players now, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, in junior, do you think they know, do you think fellow players know when they're around kind of greatness? like that 
Uh, you know, I think I think guys do. I think I hope they do. I hope they do, Duffer. I think that's a great question. I think I certainly took time or paused briefly to kind of soak in um, the situations or the events that are people that I was around. I think, uh, you know, the one thing I really enjoyed about Buffalo and and everybody there was just the I felt like everybody was taking the time to realize what a special place and 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 the really really exciting uh interesting legendary people that were around and RJ was certainly part of that. And so I think he could always I think there was always that respect within the room and around the players that what RJ epitomized and what he was and how he handled himself and the job that he did and the person that he was um I think I think guys did appreciate that and I know I certainly did and I and I know several others but I think I think most guys really did. We just had Lindy Ruff on and he said a lot of coaches turn the volume off when they do video, but mm-hmm. when it's mm-hmm. RJ and Lindy would say, I turn it up. I wanted to know how he called a goal or how he called a certain play. Now you yeah. coached in the league and you were, you know, preparing probably to face the Buffalo Sabres often. Did you make sure you had the Sabres call? Did you make sure you turned the volume up when you did your video session in preparation for the game? Absolutely. At least a little bit. You know, if I was the only uh, ex-saver in the room, just at least for a few minutes, I'd make sure that volume was up so I could hear RJ's voice. And uh, yeah, no, I, you know, again, it's just, it's one of those, those voices and one of those things where you don't even really even have to be watching if you're in a room or you're in a, um, yeah. you know, if you're in a restaurant and you hear that call in the distance, you instantly, I instantly turn and kind of, you can pick it up right away. And, and uh, so, yeah, that's a, uh, it's a great point by Lindy. I think I've done that as well. Do hockey fans in this uh, market have been blessed in recent years to celebrate uh, the team's 50-year anniversary, uh, RJ Knight, Ryan Miller Knight, um, and all of those experiences are made uh, better by the presence of wonderful alumni. And as you said at the top, it's it's tough to be doing this today, but we're really grateful to have you with us to share these memories. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate it, guys. And, uh, you know, all the best, uh, obviously, to RJ's family and friends in the area and their organization. So, um, again, hopefully we'll we'll speak again on, on better terms. But uh, I'm glad that we got a chance to talk about RJ and remember him and, and uh, remind people how special he was. Thank you, Stu. There's Stu Barnes, and we continue to remember RJ today, including with Doc Emmerich and Marcus Foligno, straight ahead on Sabres Live. And the rest, Stahl looking in front, can't get it to, there's Stahl looking in front, with it bumping in there, there's Stahl looking in front, can't get it to Presley, get back with more of Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos, nothing else comes close. Slides in over the line, that took a shot, To this day, the only Game 7 win in franchise history. One of the better last-minute decisions I ever made was working in Toronto. Came down that day, called the box office. There was one ticket available. I actually didn't take it at first blush. Didn't know whether I should or not. Hung up. Called back a few minutes later. It was still available. It was about 14 rows up from the ice, right at the blue line. The Derek Plant went over and scored the winning goal against Ron Tugnut. So wow. it took me a while before I heard the RJ call. 
Um, but I didn't have to ask for it to be replayed because like so many others, it just lives on and on and on. And someone who knows the impact of his own words in sports most heightened moments is the great Mike Doc Emmerich, who is with us here on Sabres Live today. Hi, Doc. How are you? Well, I'm okay. I am... Uh... I am honored that you called to ask me to talk about RJ. I think there are probably a hundred guys that do the job that he and I did that would like to be on with you today to talk about RJ. Um, and I, you know, I can't do it without a smile today, even though it's sad, but I can't do it without a smile and thinking back over, Oh brother, overtime. Mayday. I mean, those are some of the finest calls I've ever heard anybody give. And so as I think back over Rick, I, I can't help but have a smile in my voice, even though I'm so sad about his passing and for his family. Uh, what a magnificent broadcaster he was. And the first time I ever got a, I, I was one of those ink-stained wretches for a year. Uh, in suburban Pittsburgh, and 70-71 uh, was the season, and the very first game the Sabres played was on the road in Pittsburgh, and I was there covering it, making notes, and Rick was there calling it. And long after a lot of us retired, Rick was still past his 50 and 51st year calling Sabres games. I mean, that's just magnificent. What a legacy. Yeah, well, what a legacy is uh, is true there, Doc. Now, when you call the New Jersey Devils games on a regular, you know, schedule for years, um, and you would come to Buffalo or Buffalo would go to New Jersey, did you peek over to the other boot in certain moments of the game to see how RJ was, like, just projecting into the microphone? Could you hear him from the boot over and was there a sense of, well, if he's that excited, I'm going to get a little bit more excited myself. Was there a little competition going on? Oh, no, it was nothing like that. I'll tell you, I, I always <laughs> sought him out, whether he was sitting next to Jim Lawrence or, or Danny Gare or uh, Harry Neal or Rob Ray or whoever he was with in the press room. Uh, we would always go down uh, for the, the press meal at about, oh, 530 for a 7 o'clock game. And I would always gravitate over to them because everybody wants to have a laugh during the day. And so uh, the relationship with Rick each game would start with me venturing over to where those guys were sitting. Uh, they were already uh, pretty much through because they got there earlier than I did. But I knew that there would be something fun and something funny to talk about. It was never anything that involved a long face. No, um, at, at the odd uh, he was in a different location than uh, those of us who were visitors were. Visiting television at the Old Odd was down in a bucket suspended from the balcony. And so yeah. we weren't near one another there. But we were in adjacent booths uh, when I would do a national game, and, and he would be doing uh, the local uh, radio broadcast for the Sabres. Uh, at the time, They would, we would be in adjacent booths and... We would occasionally, for when I was with Fox or with NBC and occasionally ABC, we would turn the camera uh, on the home announcers 
that were always the ones there doing the game, especially if they had longevity, like Ken Cal in Detroit. And, and, uh, and RJ, of course, was doing simulcast. Uh, but when we were in for national television, he was only doing radio. But we would show him occasionally just so that people who might not be familiar, and I can't imagine who that would be, uh, would realize that here's the guy with Buffalo. What a testament that is, you know, and that that is to never be taken for granted that people that do the job as well as RJ and as you mentioned, Ken, and there are so many. That's what makes local market stars of these individuals because they just connect so greatly. But, Doc, you must have enjoyed those moments where you could say something great about your peers because you've lived... You've walked in their shoes, right? Yeah, there were there were so many guys in in the city, but but Rick was special because he had been there since the very beginning, and yeah. then he continued on all those years. And that longevity was one thing, but character was another. And I think that's part of the reason that we would turn the camera on him once in a while so people get to see him, just because. He was not only longevity, and he was the Sabres guy, was he, but he was character. I'll never forget where I was standing. At the old Meadowlands in New Jersey, and we were down in the underground area. Rick was about to go upstairs after the morning skate and, and uh, walk out the front door of the old Meadowlands. And I always like to talk about old historic things. And I said, do you remember much about the night that the great Tim Horton had the car crash and he said in the middle of the night i got this call from the authorities in canada and they had they had no connection with any of the family or with the sabers and they had no way to reach anyone but they knew about me and they found my number and they called me in the middle of the night and said can you help us reach the people that are family members and the people in charge, because we, we just don't know. And so Rick was really the first one to learn of that. And, of course, the fact that he was known was the reason that they, they found his name and they called him and let him know of that tragic event. Yeah, that is, RJ was, was bigger than just a game of hockey. He was... Here in western New York, Buffalo, southern Ontario, if he went through the borders, he'd probably be stopping 20 minutes for the traffic would be backed up behind him because he talked to the agent about anything, right? But Oh, uh, yeah, one he, thing he that... knew everyone. And, you know, people felt that they could walk up to Rick. He was approachable. Yeah. And, not, you know, not everybody in the broadcasting business is automatically that way, but, but Rick was. Rick was was really genuine that way. I remember the first, uh, one of the first calls that I heard of his was during the, I was in the IHL at the time, was during the uh, 75 final, and it was the thrilling call of Rene Robert's um, overtime winner during the final against Philadelphia. And as a matter of fact, Philadelphia used that call as they told the story of their second championship in two years the next fall in their film. Back then it was film, and they had Bill Mazur, the sports announcer from New York, uh, narrated, and Rick's call was included in because it was a crazy game. It was the fog game, and um, players like 
scratch player Peter McNabb told me that he was one of the guys that had to go out at various stoppages during the evening at the odd when the fog rolled in so much. They would take stoppages and and uh, others would go out and skate around the ice and and try to cause the fog to lift. They would they would bring out uh, you know uh, various it was bed cards sheets, and wasn't it? like that. And it, yeah, it was. It was strange yeah. <laughs> what they had out there to cause the fog to lift, but Peter was one of them that did that several times. He was a, you know, a, a saber that didn't play as much in his early years, but uh, but that was that was quite a night, and uh, Rick finished it off just like he did May Day. Doc, let me ask you this: um, You did call games spread out over many decades, and Rick did the same thing. You guys are special because you're able to adjust with the times and the game and the changes of the game and the changes in broadcast. Um, how challenging was that for you? And how did you look to somebody like Rick to be able to say, Hey, this is how we can continue to call games for 50 years. I mean, that's a long time. So how challenging was that for you? And how challenging must it have been for Rick as well? Well, it was, uh, it was awesome. And, and of course, when Rick started, um, the number of teams in the league was was half of what it is now, and so the travel was a little more condensed. There was still you still had to go out to uh, Los Angeles, but the travel continued during the years, and and it never seemed to never seemed to phase Rick at all because he he was doing a lot of road games and tapered off his schedule a little near the end, like most of us do, but he was. He was making all the trips and doing all the work. And it, even though, unlike yourself, uh, Marty, where we don't sweat much and we don't have to take, you know, injections to get us through pain to get us out on the ice in a playoff series when, when we're pretty well beat up and not 100%, uh, it still is taxing the travel and, and to talk for three hours straight. And probably as you get older, I don't know about his case, but I noticed as I got older, sometimes it took uh, a little longer to bounce back from once I did 10 games in 12 nights and all in different towns. And you you don't uh, rebound from that as fast. But the, the thing that Sabres fans will always appreciate is that Rick did. Did he ever? Yeah. Doc, uh... <laughs> Your legacy is so firmly cemented in this game. Uh, we are forever grateful. And you uh, you once again brought the perfect adjectives today to describe the great Rick Jenneret. And I, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say I miss hearing your voice too. And uh, we're really, really happy you joined us today. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Do I have uh, another half minute or so? Sure you do. You sure do. Yeah. Um, it's at times like this that I'm reminded of one of my favorite movies. It's, it was back in the last century, though, called Field of Dreams. And at one point, Ray Kinsella, who's played by Kevin Costner, finds himself in a small Minnesota town in the office of the local doctor, Archibald Moonlight Graham, played by Burt Lancaster. And he's trying to persuade the doctor to come with him to play on this special baseball field in Iowa. But the doctor uh, declines, and he says about this little town in Minnesota, and it could be any town, 
this is my most special place in the world, Ray. Once a place touches you like this, the wind never blows so cold again. You feel for it like it was your child. And that's how R.J. felt about Buffalo and how Buffalo felt about him. I, I'm just glad that I got to work in a booth adjacent to Rick all those years and laugh with him in the press room. Thank you, Doc. That was perfect, as always. Thank you so much for asking me and for all of those who will also come on later in the day. I'm sure we're going to duplicate a lot of things, but uh, the one constant is our respect for RJ. Thanks a lot for asking me. Thank you, Doc. We hope Amazing. to talk to you soon. Yeah. Best to you and your family. Thanks so much. Ooh. Marcus Foligno is yes. going to have some big shoes to feel Phil. He's uh but you know what? His heart is as big as those words and that beautiful picture that doc just described, which is the life and impact of one Rick Jenneret, um, the former Sabre whose family uh, ties run so deep to this organization. Marcus Foligno joins us next on Sabres live. We're back with more of Sabres live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Chases after it again and takes down Lonchar. Here's Marcus Foligno trying to clear it in, but they score! Marcus Foligno, following in his father's footsteps as a member of the Buffalo Sabres, did you know that between the two of them, they played more than a 1,000 games in a Buffalo uniform? And all of those games were called by Rick Jenneret, or at the very least, witnessed by Rick Jenneret, because if for some reason he wasn't working, you know that he was watching. We are remembering RJ today. It's a real tough day, but it is always a great day to see that beautiful Felino smile. And Marcus, uh, we're really grateful for your time today. How are you? I think Marcus oh. might have had a little uh, Sudbury Wi-Fi connection a issue here. Spalding Lake Wi-Fi issue. I, know. I just He's... jinxed it at the commercial. I, I said, I've been I good with my Wi-Fi, and then we have um, freezing. But... Oh, now he's oh, back. There he, there he is. There's there a smile is. we're talking about. Yeah. All right. There you guys got me. That was a good intro, though. Thank you. <laughs> See, you never, miss a, you never miss a moment. And honestly, what was it like for you walking in? Yeah. I will say this. I don't want to taint your answer, but like, and most people won't be surprised by this. You're one of the most polite human beings ever. And I would watch your interactions with RJ and I was just in awe of just the mutual respect so quickly early on in your career. What was that like to get to know RJ after having had your dad play here for so long? I think, you know, first off, I just want to say, you know, my condolences to the Jenner family and, and obviously the Buffalo Sabres family, too. I mean, it's a it's a huge loss for that community and uh, all the hockey fans that have had the privilege of um, listening to that voice over so many years. And uh, I was no different, um, you know, growing up, um, listening to watching YouTube films of my dad and and fights and goals and things like that. It was Rick Jenneret's voice in the background and all those, all those videos I got to watch and grow up. And um, I, I don't know if it was um, more of like a, when I, when I got to Buffalo as a player, um, I had this just feeling of Rick Jenneret, almost like a grandfather. Like he was just someone that's always been around part of the family. And um, 
guy that you know you never passed him in the hallway and never shook you know never not shook his hand and, and said hello good morning rj it was just he had that presence around uh the rink and um rightfully so and i always wanted to give him that respect because of um you know watching my father play and, and then those videos those highlights um rj always had a good connection with my dad i think just the way he played the hard working style my dad brought um there's a lot of respect between my dad and RJ, and I saw that as a young kid. So um, it was no different from when I got there. He treated me like uh, one of his own, uh, like, a, like a grandson. And, and um, it was just a, a special bond and, and someone I always, um, you know, definitely miss, you know, having around the rink, especially maybe later on in his career where he had a couple games here and there. And, and definitely you had to help out big time. So um, credit to you. But uh, it's just, one of those legendary voices that, um, you know, we're definitely going to miss around the hockey world and um, Sabre fans will, will miss for, for a long time. But uh, it's uh, it's some amazing calls and some amazing memories and um, all because of his kind of those punchlines, those one-liners and um, something I'll never forget. And very fortunate to have been, had my name come out of that man's mouth and, and, and joyous moments of, of my career. And, um, something I'll look back and being very thankful for. Now we're going to talk about your time here in Buffalo, but I want to know what it's like for you being, let's see with the wild and, you know, coming into the morning skate or the practice and having the TV on NHL network, I assume, or sports center. And then they show the highlights from the night before and it's the Sabres highlights and you hear a rig generate calls. Do you go around and say, Oh, that call was great, but you should have heard him in 2006 <laughs> or in 2001. And then when Stu Barnes scored in 99 or whatnot, like, did you share that with everybody in the locker room on many occasions? Yeah, I, I, uh, I would tell the guys here many, like, uh, especially the young guys, like they don't, they don't understand how, you know, they, to hear those calls and the legendary calls this guy did. Um, um, I think it was the, the night of the, the season when he got, uh, the retirement night, I believe it was when yeah. they, when Sabres won for him. And I uh, had a couple of guys in our dress room kind of go, you know, who's, you know, what was that guy, you know, done and. I kind of, you know, shook my head and I, I, I laced into them about, you guys should know who this guy is. It's just, it just, it is what it is. And, and I'm fortunate enough to be, uh, I was young and able to listen to it, but, uh, you know, for the, for the new guys coming up, it's like, uh, you know, it's almost like the voice of, you know, Bob Cole, like guys don't really understand the voice of him and, and, uh, what he did for the game. And, um, yeah, it's just, it was it, exactly, it's, it's, uh, you know, this guy's, I would say this guy, uh, I remember, oh my God, like the, the the you always hear Buffalo Sabers winning in overtime like yeah. things like that that just stick out and the, the Lafontaine and the Mayday 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 type thing like that's just stuff that always uh, um, I think I actually went through it today and I remember uh, Marty you were on there for the, the paddle save after one of your yep. giveaways in the corner yeah no thanks offense, for but, reminding uh, me of the giveaways <laughs> but uh, you know it was it was call the cops there's a robbery and it's just stuff <laughs> like that like it just goes over and over again and it's just you do, you that excitement um, brought so much to the game. And, and um, you know, if you're watching it, uh, it made you get more excited because you had someone so excited about what has happened. And um, there's nothing worse than, you know, when, when an amazing play happens and you get like some monotone, right? Like you need to get that amped up and RJ always <laughs> delivered. He always delivered that punchline. So yeah, yeah. I let the guys know in Minnesota, the young guys about how, how special it was to, uh, and all, all the all the one-liners this guy brought to the game and 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 uh, just the legendary calls. 
Marty, I know we're tight for time here. So you got one more for Moose and then we'll, uh, we'll be uh, flipping the, to another hour and Captain Kyle Opozo is going to join us after that. So when you would uh, see your dad do the jump and RJ called your dad goals with the jump and then you did it and you heard RJ call you jumping after, like, how was that? How special was that, that you got to experience that from you and your, and your dad from RJ? It was, it was really special. And I'll never forget that because after the game, I actually saw RJ and, and he let me know how awesome it was to call it himself and, and to see that come full circle. So um, that was really special to hear it. And I think, you know, I think it was, it was big for him. You know, he saw my dad do it uh, uh, many, many more times than I did in Buffalo sweater, but uh, it was just one of those things. It was an honor to my dad. And I think it was a really cool moment for RJ to have that kind of come out of his mouth one more time of, of the Flino jump. And, uh, it was always something, I mean, we always talked about it when, whenever we passed by in the hallways and, and, uh, and just reminiscing the plane and stuff like that. So, um, that was one of the cooler moments. And, you know, I was doing it for my dad, but then I, I realized after talking to RJ that night, that it was just a special for RJ to have, have been able to call that, uh, for another Flino goal, the Flino jump. So a uh, real special moment in my career. And, and I'm happy I, I got to do that. And we all know why it was special for RJ, because he was making it special for everyone else. And that's that's what his beauty and his legacy was, right? He just had a way of connecting the history of the team in the midst of an exciting moment and always just putting it in the proper perspective. Marcus, it's really great to see you, even under these incredibly difficult circumstances today here in Buffalo. Um, we appreciate the words greatly and wish you nothing but success again in Minnesota this year. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. And uh, keep uh, for keep you doing well. You guys are doing awesome in, in RJ's name, too. So, well, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun have, being around all you guys and, and when RJ was around, too. So yeah. um, definitely going to miss that man and miss his calls. But, uh, you know, the, the Buffalo Sabres will, will keep honoring him for sure. So thanks for having me on, guys. You bet. There's Marcus Foligno, uh, another full hour of guests straight ahead. We're remembering RJ here on Sabres Live. Stay with us.